Good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world today. I am greeting you again in the name of Jesus Christ. It's such a pleasure to do so because it's such a wonderful thing to fellowship with the brethren and to eat at a table that has been so well prepared by our Father, God Almighty, His Word, our delectables, right? We just sit and really, really uh, take them in and enjoy every morsel. Good evening, Sharice. God bless you. I'm so glad that you have decided to join us. Um, I'm sending some um, when it links to uh, those who have asked me to do so. And that's why I start a little early every time. Uh, Sharice, is, I'm glad you're here, is going to be with us next week. She will deliver to us chapter 10 of this um, wonderful gospel called <laughs> the Gospel of John. And as we've stated before, John is was indeed the beloved disciple, right? And he laid on the breast of Christ at the Last Supper. It's just really exciting to read the gospel by one who was so very close to him. There is a different uh, tone in this gospel. And as I stated before, I was truly led by the Lord to listen to it, not read it again, but this time to listen. And I was really quite amazed because, as I said, I am a reader. I prefer to read God's word in a quiet place, just the Lord and I together. So um, I, I, I obeyed, though, you know, I listened. And another good thing about listening for me at this age of mine is that to read, I must always have glasses or a very uh, bright space. So in this house I live in, there's a lot of dark spaces and never quite as, you know, really bright. And I don't like to put on the glasses. So God knows us all and he directs us accordingly. And therefore, I listened. And as I listened, I realized that I was uh, really engaged in something very unique and very special. The Lord wanted me to hear. Uh, faith does come by hearing, as the word says, and that by the word of God. And so hearing it was quite a different experience. Now, nothing replaces you putting your eyes on the page and allowing the Lord to really speak to your heart as you do indeed, um, you know, listen, I mean, uh, read, because you're analyzing, you are interpreting, you're taking it in. It is very personal. But I think the Lord wanted me this time to hear what I may not pay such close attention to if I read, and that is indeed tone. Tone is very important. The tenderness and the a sweeping pastoral kind of reverence in this book was really what got my attention. And to hear again the um, adoration of the writer of this book for the person of Jesus Christ and to recognize that this person, the person who wrote this book, truly see him, saw him, interacted with him, as the Son of God. His divinity is established 
in this book. That he is God is established in the first chapter. And I just really, really enjoy talking about that, not because it is ha-ha great fun, but because it is such an edification of my own person, and it so validates my faith, and I hope the same happens with you. Good evening there, Light Touch, so good to be with you again, and I thank you so much for dropping in. Um, As per usual, you know, we, we are starting more on time this evening. I usually play the music a little bit longer, but this evening I just say we're going to get in and get out. Now, I am uh, on fire about this evening. Uh, there is a point to be made, and I really want to get into the reading of this word so that we can do that, right? And of course, your comments are so uh, coveted. I really want you to share with us tonight. And remember, I also I said to you that I am questing, I am looking, I am searching out the heart of God with regards to church. I believe that in this book, we are seeing a progression of the Lord from the old covenant. He's walking us into the new covenant. He is himself being the head of the church. He is establishing it. He is acting it out for us as we go. It's a beautiful thing. And uh, I'm hearing it. And I hope you are too. So share with me and let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, you are the high and the exalted one. Psalm 19 says that the heavens declare your glory. A declaration is speech. The word says that heavens do declare it. And the firmament shows your handiwork that day unto day does indeed utter speech and night unto night shows knowledge. There's also a, a verse that says the law your law is perfect. We are entering into it. And we ask you, Father, to guide us as we uh, endeavor to open your word. We know that we cannot do it except by the revelation of the Spirit of God. We ask you to speak to us, each of us individually, that we receive from your word that which you have planted there just for us. And that, Lord God, as we take it in, it indeed becomes the bread of life. It will then nourish us in our spirit, and it will cause us, Lord God, to be led thereby and so crucify this flesh. The heart of man, which is desperately wicked, needs to be uh, again established. You said you would give us a heart of flesh. That means malleable. You are able to then mold us and change the way we perceive what is good and what is desirable. Father, we thank you for that. And we ask you now, God, to do exactly what you will with each of us. We pray and thank you for it in advance, because this is one thing I know that you desire, Father. It is your will that we really be your church without spot or wrinkle, and that we are established, for you have given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, and we truly do believe it. We thank you now in Jesus' name. 
and amen. Good evening, Fresh and Spaces. How lovely. Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to read from um, the, chapter 9, and we are going to take off right, right now. So here we go. And rem remember, when we start a new chapter in John, it's as if we never, ever stopped walking with Jesus Christ and what he's doing here. Each chapter almost is a chronological or an, um, a process ordering of what God is doing through Christ in the earth. And so it's like the narrative never stops. Here we go. And as Jesus passed by, we're picking up from chapter eight. And as Jesus passed by. Chapter 8 begins uh, that he says, then they then took they up stones to cast at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. And now, uh, verse 1 says, and as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Now, I want to stop right here. I'm not going to do what I normally do and let's read the whole chapter and then come back because as the Lord talks to me, I want to talk really and you guys can talk back. This is the most exciting point for me to make in my reading tonight. Jesus Christ, as he is getting out of, you know, the, the uh, grips of those who want to stone him to death to kill him, passes by, he never stops. He passes by this man who is blind and the man is blind from birth. So the disciples want to know, well, who, who's saying that this man is blind? You know, so I did a little searching and the, uh, the Jews actually did believe some of them that you could be a man in the womb and sin. They kind of had this whole thing going of reincarnation and believe that in your former life or before you actually were born into this life, you sinned. They really had an embedded belief that a person could be indeed in his trouble, in his sufferings as a result of sin. Now, the reason this is so amazing to me tonight is because I've heard many a sermon, and those sermons would have me believe that before God can do anything for me, the, before He can answer particular prayers, that I must be ready. Oh my goodness, that I have to mature, that I have to become, that I have to be free of. Ooh, I want to tell you, I have been pondering many things that I hear, and this is one of them. I say, the mercy of God responds as God will work the works that he proposes, he plans for his own purpose. This is my proof. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh 
when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Now, we could say, well, Jesus Christ was just doing that, you know, because he was in the world and he had to work the works of him that sent him. But God is, according to the scriptures, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so whether he is in the world or seated at the right hand of the Godhead, he is still God. And the works that he works are that the ones that flow from love, from mercy, and from divine plan. So to think that I can prepare myself to receive anything from the Lord, for me, is a big thought. It is almost a thought of arrogance. I am not able to declare anything before the Lord, save him saving me, his mercy, and his love for me, including or coming out of his plan to demonstrate who he is. That's just how I see it. If you see it differently, please share with me. I am open to receive from anyone who can show me a different way. But this is what this verse, these verses speak to me. And he says in verse six, when he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay and said unto him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went by, he went his way therefore and washed and came seeing. Now the, what the man did, the man responded to a kindness, a mercy that had been extended him. He did exactly what Jesus Christ said. By the way, I love the fact that I do a little research from time to time. Uh, I look, I, you know, I go back and, and find that the spittle that he, literally the saliva from his mouth was also believed to demonstrate special powers by some people if they would use that to heal the eyes in any way, right? So Jesus Christ has already told us that he is what? The light and that the light is the L-I-F-E of men. He is the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. We know that scripture. Jesus heals in many different ways. He doesn't heal anybody the same way. He speaks. He shows up. He doesn't show up. He puts spittle on the ground. He writes in the dirt there because no matter where he is, no matter how he shows up, no matter how he performs his miracles, the life is in him. And so if he blinks an eye, the life is there. If he takes a step, the life is there. Whatever he does is a demonstration of who he is. He is the life and the light of men. So it is written, so it is. We cannot change who God is. And he is expedient in his way while he's in the earth because he knows, he knows when his hour will be upon him. He knows exactly how much time he has. And so he moves through these people, performing the works of God, performing and demonstrating who he is by the Jewish scriptures. Let's move on.
uh, verse 8 says. Now, okay, so this uh, being by interpretation, Siloam, that pool, it had been rerouted, I think, to go through the gates or something like that. So the word, they call it sent, sent. We sent this water there. It's a wonderful, wonderful uh, uh, imagery right here, it, understanding that the word means sent, because who is sent but God uh, through through and by Jesus Christ? He comes in the form of this man, Jesus. Wouldn't it, you just know? God doesn't like, you know, drip little things around and just by happenstance, they fall here or there. He sets up the whole scene. Jesus comes and meets this blind man as he's getting away from these other blind men, and he heals him and tells him to wash in this particular water, sent. What a name, because here it is, the one who is sent to die for your sins and mine, for the sins of the whole world. He tells him to wash in him. That's how I hear it. He is going to wash in the very purpose for which he has now encountered God. I am sent not just for the house of Israel. I am sent to the whole world. Therefore, go and wash in what is sent, the water there. And we know that the word says also that we are cleansed by the wa washing of the water of the word. God speaks. Jesus Christ speaks. He's the word from the beginning, right? He speaks. And this man now demonstrates the outcome of him speaking by washing, first putting the spittle on his eye and then washing in this water. So verse eight says, neighbors, therefore, <clears throat> the neighbors, therefore, and they which before had seen him that he was blind said, is not this he that sat and begged? Some said, this is he. Others said, he he's like him. But he said, I am he. The man identifies himself. That's who I am. Therefore, said they unto him. How were thine eyes open? He answered and said, A man that is called Jesus made clay and anointed mine eyes and said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and washed. And I went and washed and I received sight. Then said they unto him, Where is he? He said, I don't know. I know not. They brought uh, um, they brought to the Pharisees him that aforetime was blind. So they took him to the Pharisees. And it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Then again, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He said unto them, He put clay upon mine eyes, and I washed and do see. Therefore said some of the Pharisees, this man is not of God because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. Good gracious. I'm going to tell you, when people are against you, they will nitpick. They will turn the tiniest little thing uh, around so that it is a, a spot against you. Instead of seeing as they ought to see what is true and what is needful and what is righteous. No, they nitpick. They pull out as it were, those little flaws that they deem to be flaws, by the way, <laughs> they're the righteous people, but they are in no way 
righteous as God would have righteousness defined. And we saw this before when they accused him of uh, healing someone else on the Sabbath. And he said, you can circumcise on the Sabbath, but I cannot make a man whole on the Sabbath. What a what a dichotomous way of looking at something. How divided in your mind can you be? One thing that could wait, the circumcision, you know, but it had to be on the eighth day, right? That's the law. And now I'm making someone whole and you accuse me of not keeping the Sabbath. Well, you know, when we finish this chapter, we're going to be smarter than we ever were before. the book, I mean, because God is really speaking through Christ. He's laying it out there and showing the hypocrisy and the lack of understanding that these guys have. And yet they are very zealous, zealous for the law, not for God. They think they are, but not for God, the law. And he says, therefore, let's see, Therefore, it says some of the Pharisees, this man is not of God because he does not keep the Sabbath day. Others said, how can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? And there was a division among them. They say unto the blind man again, what sayest thou of him that he hath opened thine eyes? He said, he is a prophet. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him that had received his sight. And they asked them, saying, Is this your son who you say was born blind? How then doth he now see? This is unbelief, guys. Unbelief to the maximum <laughs> in the nth degree, we would say. And his parents now answered them, verse 20, and said, we know that this is our son. Come on, we, we know we had him. This is our son. And that he was born blind. We would know this because he is our son, by the way. But by what means he now sees, we know not. Or who hath opened his eyes, we know not. He is of age. Ask him. He shall speak for himself. Now, you know, they had already said that if anybody followed Jesus or if they said anything they didn't want to hear, they would be put out of the temple. So the parents are kind of circumnavigating the possibility that they would be expelled or excommunicated. And so they are saying, ask him. He's of age. Go ahead and ask him. Let the son tell you he's the one that was healed. We were not. Listen, he says, 22, these words spake his parents because they feared the Jews for the Jews had agreed already that if any man did confess that he was Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. Uh, therefore, said his parents, he is of age, ask him. 24, then again called they the man that was blind and said unto him, give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. And let me tell you, now this impresses me this way. Once you have come to deliverance, God has actually touched your life and you know it of a surety. Once that has happened to you, against everything that could ostracize you, 
in this world will you stand. This man is standing. He says, all that you're saying, I don't get it. But I know this one thing. I was blind. Now I see. Who did it? Jesus. This man called Jesus caused me to see. He is witnessing of Jesus Christ and the truth. It is, it is true that this man named Jesus caused me to see. We could take a big lesson from this. Oh God, that I would never, ever shy away from the witness of what you've done in me. Always, Father, always attesting to giving an answer to those who would ask of me the hope that is in me. See, that is being the witness. And he answered and said, whether it be a sin or not, I don't know. One thing I know that whereas I was blind, now I see. And they're telling him right there, give God the praise. You know, this man didn't do that. He couldn't do that. He's a sinner. Come on, give God the praise. They don't know that he's giving God the praise. They don't know that he is giving God all the glory. He is attesting to the very thing that God himself has done because he has been with God. You see, it was the spittle of God that opened, that he was prepared to put on his eyes. Now, did the Lord need that spittle? Absolutely, he did not. I believe what he's doing is using all their little customized ways of identifying a thing uh, to identify himself. Lord doesn't, he doesn't, he don't need anything. When I ask the Lord to heal me, you know, I simply say, Father, you see me, <laughs> you know me, you know what I need, God, just provide accordingly in the name of Jesus. And if it's my knee, I said, here's my knee, Lord, right? Because God does know. He does know. And, you know, we get the habit of having all these prayers and uh, getting together and praying and doing a, 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 a powwow of prayer. And I believe it's good. I believe it's good for the soul to pour out, to cry out, to pray. I really do. But I do know this, that when you have nobody around, when there is no powwow to be had, it's you and the host of heaven that worship the Lord. And you join in that host. And sometimes it's just better to go ahead and worship than to even be crying out and asking for stuff. Just say, Father, you have been so good to me. Lord, you are the high and exalted one. I place you in the highest place. I glorify and recognize your great glory. I know that you are the almighty God and I give you praise. I worship you in the beauty of your own holiness. I worship you, Father. And then the worship doesn't, you don't have to use the word, just get on down there and worship him. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be all fancy and all, because who knows you but the Lord, who can read your motives and intentions in your heart like the Lord. So before him, we don't have to try to be. We just are. We are his children. He has brought us into his kingdom. He has sanctified us. He's covered us. And he has reckoned, we are supposed to reckon, by the way, ourselves to be dead and already in the perfection. I tell you guys, I tell you, I'm on fire tonight with his beauty. I've already received the perfection of God. I simply now am walking into it. You see, I keep walking 
I keep walking. I'm in the way. And I'm just going to walk right into the perfection that he gives me. And I don't believe that anyone can stop me there. Why? Because he promised that no man could pluck me out of his hands. Hallelujah. Here we go. And now we are in verse um, 28. They reviled him and said, uh, Thou art his disciple, but we are Moses' disciple. Remember, Jesus told them, you search those scriptures, you are reading, and you say that you are Moses' children. But Moses spoke of me. Moses wrote of me. So you believe Moses, but you don't believe Moses when he's talking about me. How about that? We know that God spake unto Moses for this fellow. We know not from whence he is. Look at that. Look at that. You know, I teach uh, you know the, the, the children um, my the GED program right, and I love teaching it because it's kind of it's kind of quick. It's a it's a unique way of getting a high school diploma, and sometimes because you know they're missing a lot of the detail. And I have you know one reason I don't like to teach dance is because I teach. My, my Rachel told me one time you just teach us the same thing year in and year out. Well, she didn't understand. I wasn't teaching them the same thing. She was recognizing the same terms, but I was trying to build on the foundation and keep the foundation sure. But, you know, when she told me that, I thought, well, she might be right because I do kind of linger in the details. So uh, I'm not really fond of teaching dance. I am more fond of creating the ultimate picture that dance can show. And I like God because I think he does a lot of that. However, he also deals in the details. So he says, um, "These the, the man answered and said to him, why herein is a marvelous thing that you know not from whence he is and he hath opened my eyes. I'm telling you, this blind man is very, very, very smart. He says, isn't it funny? You don't know where he came from, but here he is. I'm a living witness of the miracle that he has already wrought. And we know, he says, I think he says it right here. Um, uh, now we know that God heareth uh, doesn't hear sinners. You 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 te you teach us this. God doesn't hear sinners. But if any man be a worshiper of God, a worshiper of God, and does His will, him he heareth. Now this is a principle. If a man worships Him, right, and does His will, we know that God hears him. But now the man himself is an example of one that maybe had not done his will or maybe had done his will, one who had not yet worshiped or maybe had worshiped. But for the work that God came to do, this man is earmarked. Hmm, that's really awesome to me. Okay, so since the world began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? Since the world began, was it not heard that any man who opened the eyes of the blind, of a man that was born blind, if this man were not of God, he could not do, he couldn't do this. He could do nothing. If this man, this is the blind man talking. They answered and said unto him, Now here comes, Thou art altogether born in sin, and thou, would thou teach us? Are you just, I mean, come on. Here we are. We're the, we're the authorities here. We're the ones who's supposed to do all the teaching. Aren't you born in sin? As if they themselves 
also were not born in sin. Can you imagine it? Hmm. Well, we don't have to imagine it because here it is for the, the, the testimony. They answered and said, Thou was altogether born in sins, and dost thou teach us? And they cast him out. See, they the parents were trying to escape this, but the young man didn't stand back. He still proclaimed what Jesus Christ had done, and they put him out. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and went, oh, this is lovely. And when he had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? Ooh, do you believe? And the young man said, Who is he? Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, hallelujah, and it is he that talketh with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him once again. Now remember, Pastor John Thomas asked us, can you believe and not have faith? Well, I said um, yes, because I kind of uh, picked up on where he was trying to go with that, you know, because I've listened to him a whole bunch of times. And, and he, you know, it's a good place to go. But actually, belief and faith walk together. They are one and the same. You cannot believe a thing and not have faith in it. You can believe a thing and not use the faith but the faith is what gets you there in the first place. You see, the faith gets us there anyway. So the Lord didn't say, do you have faith? You know, if you have faith, he does it. It's a one, one point, a couple of times he talks about faith in people, but not in this instance where he's doing something for this man, right? This amazing miracle. He says, um, do you believe? And he says, who is he that I can believe? And he says, you are listening to him right now. You, I'm the one talking to you. This is who he is. And uh, he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. And Jesus said, for judgment, I am come into the world that they which see might not see. Listen, you all. Remember judgment. If I be lifted up, I will draw judgment for your sins, my sins, the whole world's sins on the cross, the judgment of God. This was his requirement for the sin of mankind, the nature that came with being born, the children of Adam and Eve. That parentage has rendered us a people who have need of the judgment of God, not because we want it, but because God does not operate in the uh, sin, in the uh, untruth, in lies, in unrighteousness. There is no fellowship there. So in order, in order to bring us back from the death of our own uh, spiritual life, he came and paid that price. For judgment, I am come into the world. Isn't that something? I am come into this world that they which see might not see. That's a judgment. 
And let me tell you the heart, there, there is a film, guys, I really want you to search it out and watch it. I watched it maybe two years ago or something. On I watched it on Tubi, but it, it, it has its last day. I just saw it the other day. Um, the last day was like Monday. But these people, whoever did this film, has really uh, taken the testimony of men to look into the heart of man, to see our desperation, how deeply caught and entrapped by sin man is. It is, uh, uh, the, the production of this to me is very, very impressive in that it draws you into it and your testimony emerges out of the demonstration that we see in the way that they've done this film. The desperation of man. I'll never forget when Eve Fenton, who was an excellent worshiper, she's my pastor's wife down there. We had a we had a phenomenal congregation of worshipers. And Eve taught once. Uh, she was good. She was very good when it came to worship leading. I'm telling you, she was the best I ever have ever sat with. Right, worship always came <laughs> when Eve because. Eve led in the exaltation of God. She quoted scripture after scripture to lift him up, lift him up. And by the time, honey child, we would get to pass the, the, the first strings of the first song, we were already in the heavenlies. And she said, the condition of man is as if he had been hit by a Mack truck and smashed. Now, you know what a body looks like like that. I'll never forget that. And that is the condition of men. We are so pathetically demolished by sin. So much so that we would do what these Pharisees do. And that is declare that righteousness cannot be right because you see, I'm so wrong. And the heart of man wants always to find himself right. So I don't believe there's a man born that is not aware of his own sinful nature, even if that man thinks he is good and performs many good deeds. There's a part of us, I believe, it is that dead part that just cannot reach into true life. I believe that the heart of man, the mind of man knows it. The conscience of man knows it. The awareness is knowing this. And so you desire it. And you will feel empty and needy. And you feel that emptiness with many pleasures, whatever they are. They don't have to be debaucheries. They are pleasures, however. I get more and more degrees. I become more and more uh, a person of renown. Excuse me, renowned in my community. You know, I perform all these deeds still dead as a doorknob. And that's what the Pharisees are doing. But the Lord God here in the person of Jesus Christ says that I came for judgment. That they which see and they think they're just okay. They are too arrogant to see righteousness. As I was saying before and did not finish the sentence, when I teach the children, I try to say to them, analyze critically everything you hear. 
and everything you see. Do not accept anybody's word for truth unless you check it out. Make sure that you are following truth. And if a person follows truth, they eventually are going to bump heads with their creator. I believe that with all my heart. Eventually, you're going to have to come into the realization that the lie does not cause you to live. And you will begin to reason better. And so if in that state you hear God's word, your reason is going to take you someplace. Someplace beautiful. A happy place. A place of peace. Hope. Forgiveness. Your shame will be diminished. Hallelujah. God, I love you. Thank you. You will turn. And me. I mean, I've been there. That's why I can talk about it. <laughs> Don't you ever think when I say you, I mean you really and truly. I really mean me because it is I who know up close and personal exactly what I'm saying to you. Truth will get you where you want to be. And I am the truth. That's what Jesus Christ said. Hallelujah. So these folks who are looking at light and refuse to see it, are really blind. You see, they're blind. It's the refusal. It's that uh, pushing away. It's that, no, you're never going to bring to surface that stuff which is dead in me. I will not ever do anything but normalize it. See, that's another word in the world today. We normalize those things that we don't want to be ashamed of. So what we do, we normalize it. That's the society. If you don't believe me, just have a different opinion from someone on any topic, any topic, not just politics and religion, any topic that trends. Have a different way of thinking about it. And already you are different. And people will place you in the different place. You'll stand alone a lot. Trust me. Again, I can tell you what I have lived. I know how it goes. And you will have to make the choice, you and me both. We will have to choose to do what this blind man did. Glory to God. His eyes were open. The man could see. He could not lie against the truth. This man put spittle in the clay. He made clay. And he put it on my eyes and told me to go wash. I did it, and now I see. And by the way, you know what? One one time he healed a blind man, and the man, he said, can you see? And he said, I see men as trees walking, Lord. And, and he had to wait, you know? Again, process. We think we know how God is going to do a thing, and so we try to mimic the way that Jesus Christ did it, but we can't do that because the operation of the power of God in you is from who? Okay, God. And so, however he moves on you to do a thing that is divine like that, there are many people who have the gifts of healing. We know that that's supposed to be operating in the church. We have gifts from the Spirit, but those gifts are the operation of the Lord through you. Not, you know, it's not you doing it by you. You're not doing it. I'm not doing it. Nobody is doing it. God alone is doing that. And when he has done it, we must give him all, all, all 
the praise. We have to give him all the, what is the word when you give somebody the credit? We have to give the credit to him. Because once once the spirit is not operating in you, you can't do it and I can't do it. And none, none of us can do it. It is all the time, all him. And you get to share in the work of the Lord. Hallelujah. And some of the Pharisees, which uh, with uh, with him, heard these words and said, mm, unto him, are we blind also? And Jesus said unto them, if you were blind, you should have no sin. <laughs> if you were blind. But now you say, we see. Therefore, your sin remains. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, you are all that and so much more. There are no words to describe how great you are in your way. We are the recipients of the wisdom, the love, the mercy, the kindness, the ever-loving care of our Creator, our Father, who is God. He's our Father because we have been reborn of His Spirit. And though we are walking into the fullness of that rebirth, God has already seen the end and he already accepts us in the beloved, raggedy as we still may be and are. We are moving into the fullness of the work that he has created. Our blindness has been healed. Our eyes are open. Our minds are free. Our spirits are connected. We are alive to the Lord. Hallelujah. There is no gospel to compare. I'm sorry. It is a marvelous thing. It is so good, right? It is so good. In this chapter, there are very few references to other scriptures. Here we walk with John in the presence of God and the work that he is doing in the earth, right there, his kindness, he is healing, he is calling people, not just the physical body, it's not about the physical body, it is really about being born again of the spirit, it's about being healed from that Mack truck demolition condition and being again in fellowship with the very Father, Creator, God, who made us, who has a place for us, ultimately. I don't know, like the song says, why Jesus loves me. I don't know, but he does. He gave his life. He sacrificed his life or something like that for me. Oh, and I'm so glad. <laughs> I am so glad. I am so glad. He did. And all it takes is for you to do something, you know, to have a physical condition show up for you to get deeper, deeper, deeper. Why? Because in our malady, in our inability to do anything, 
We have to call on him. Be why? Because your spirit is open. You're not like somebody out there that doesn't know him. <laughs> we are not those people. We know we have a father and we know he's kind and we know he is loving and we know that he does all things well. He is never going to leave nor forsake us. And whether he heals us or he does not, he still draws near and you hear. And there is nothing like hearing the voice of the Lord. There is nothing like being. There's no love who that comes that near to you, that satisfies you on every point, in every crevice of your being, like the love of God. There's no embrace to be compared. There's no man's love. <laughs> There's no mother's love. There is no boyfriend's love. There is no child's love. There's no love to compare with the love that we receive and know by experience from our Father, who is Almighty God. Think of it. Oh, my goodness. Tam and I watched on TV the other day this amazing discussion of light. Honey, let me tell you, it gets so deep, my mind cannot even begin to comprehend what other men can comprehend. But we're sitting there, and somehow my spirit was saying, that is who God is and beyond, because they don't know it all yet. You see, God Almighty, the light of the world. And he exists in light because you see, he created light and light travels and dispels darkness. If we could move at the speed of light, we would never also live in darkness. Think about it. And one day we will. We will not be bound in this body. You lift me up high above the mundane things. Oh, how I soar. That's another song. I love it. Johnny sings that song. Oh, my goodness. What is the song, Anna Kane? You know those words. You lift me high above the mundane things. And like a bird, I, my heart is soaring free. Ooh, yes. You lift me up on your spirit wings. That's where we will live. That's how we will live. We have already entered into the eternity that we're going to actually be inheriting. We are already soaring on spirit wings. Father, we thank you for the expose of your word. We thank you that you left a written record and we trust and know that you are God enough to keep that record intact. No matter how many programs come on to try to pull it away and, you know, pull at it and tug at it and say all this stuff. We believe and we trust this word because you are God and there is no power greater. So whatever you have preserved for us is preserved for us. We give you thanks and we give you praise. Hallelujah and amen. I will now read um, comments. Lovely, 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 lovely. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I just want to say thank you for commenting. 
Thank you for the beautiful hearts. You know, I'm looking forward, so I wasn't looking out that way tonight. Um, but I see them out of the side of my eye. My peripheral vision picks up on that because the Lord knows you see how, how much they warm my heart. So hallelujah, joy in Christ Jesus. Amen. Yes, yes. Thank you. Light touch. Oh, she's a beautiful girl. I, th I love you, Gabby. I love you. I thank you so much. Such encouragement keeps me going. I love this. Freshman says he does the work as he pleases, though what through what and who he pleases. We cannot mimic that. You got it because we don't have the power. I love it. He's awesome. Yes. So good. God's word is so, so good. Amen. Such a good sharing this evening. God is. Hallelujah. Eyes open to see. Yes, that's a poem by a very special person. Blind with eyes open, see. The command is to see, look and live. See and interpret truth. That's what the blind man did here. Hallelujah. Thanks be to God for his love for me. Amen and amen. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you for liking the show, Sharice. And thank you, Light Touch, for all the applause. Thank you all for uh, being uh, patient with me. Thank you for walking with me. Thank you for being in fellowship with me. You are my, my church. Glory to God. This is the way that the Lord has to keep me in himself. I am so blessed. And guys, let me tell you, right on the money, just like that, we have come to the end. Paul Josh Ministries enters the live studio. Well, Paul Josh, we are so glad to have you. We hope that you will join us next week right at 8 o'clock because we try not to stay much longer than the hour and we are just coming to a close. This evening we read from John, uh, the Gospel of John, St. John, chapter 9. And we... Um, experience the love of Christ as he heals the blind man. He delivers us from our blindness and causes us to see, to see truth, life, light, love, mercy, judgment. That's what he does. And then to cause us to accept all that he has given us and walk in his way. We love him. Josh, I do, do indeed hope you will join us again. And with that, my darlings, we are going to recognize we have dined sufficiently. You know, it's always good to eat at his table. He is uh, so good at making a great meal. So I ask that we uh, go forth giving God all the praise. And, uh, the, you know, just between now and next um, Wednesday, think of me and I think of you as I think of you, and pray for one another, you know, let us never forget. Uh, I pray for my sisters on this line for Josh Ministries. The first time I've noticed your name, Paul Josh Ministries. We pray for Tony Ritchie, who is, um, you know, challenged with uh, some, some issues with school. And we know Tony's testimony. So we want to consider him and remember him. Ask the Lord to meet every need for um, 
all of our friends. Uh, Reem had surgery and she went to get the stitches removed today. I hope that was not too grueling an experience, not too painful, and that she is healing and mending very well. We pray for Anna Kane in a job that is very demanding. So it is with Sharice and with Light Touch has now a position, but it is piece of cake for Light Touch because she did this stuff for years, right? So we know it's going well. Nonetheless, we ask the Lord to bless and to keep each one and to guide and direct because when we walk in his way, when we do what he says do, we have good success no matter what the world says for us. It is good. All righty, kiddos. God bless you and uh, be well. I, I will re remember you. Next week, we will have uh, chapter 10 and uh, our dear faithful sister in Christ, Sharice, will be with us. We have enjoyed these uh, ladies so much before as we read through the Psalms and the Proverbs. They're excellent in their uh, comments. So do come again. God bless. Have a wonderful night. Sleep well. We'll talk. Good night. Or good morning. Or good afternoon. Wherever you are in this beautiful world. <laughs>